Hey, welcome to the Strong Roots Podcast. My name is Kristen Hill, and we are so excited that you're tuning in today. Our prayer is that you would move one step closer to Jesus through this series. So go ahead and check out this next episode. Hey, Strong Roots Podcast. It is so good to have you guys join with us. And obviously, I'm a guest host. Uh, my name's John. I'm the pastor at First Church, which is the church that hosts this podcast. And uh, normally, this is led by a woman named Kristen Hill, who is my wife. But today, Kristen is the guest. And uh, so I get to do the interviewing. And there is nothing more appropriate for us to interview Kristen on than um, sharing our faith. And uh, Kristen is, I think, the greatest evangelist of her entire generation. And she is truly a transformational leader in this field. Um, I wish that churches and Christians around the world um, could come and learn from what she has to offer here. And uh, I, I really think she's just the very best at this. And the first question that I really want to ask is, what kind of fulfillment, like is there blessing in this for you? In sharing my faith? Yeah. Absolutely. I feel like the greatest joy in my life is having opportunities to share my faith, regardless of whether they choose to follow Jesus in that moment. But not only because of my obedience to Christ in sharing what he's done for me, but I think there's so much value in reminding myself of the gospel. Yeah. I think every time I share my faith, I am blessed because I'm reminding myself what God has done in my life, how he has rescued me, and the promises that he gives us as Christians. Like, there, I, I could talk on and on on this question, but there's so much joy in every time I share my faith. Yeah. So really short answer here, maybe 10 to 15 seconds. Describe your emotional state the first time I made you share your faith with someone. Oh, it was awful. Mm-hmm. Is that a good enough? It, I was throwing a tantrum and having high anxiety. He literally had to like shove me out of the car. No, I didn't shove you out. I, like, I was like, <laughs> yeah. I put you into the car and then she drove off. But I set up an appointment for oh, yeah. you with someone. Yep. I don't know why I was... imagined you there with me. Yeah. No, no you're right. this one did it. And I said, yeah. you have what it takes. And you know, you're a captivating person. So, and I don't think that you have to be captivating. You choose, she chooses to be a captivating person. And everybody can be if they want to be. I was terrified. Yeah, yeah. Describe your emotional state now before you have a gospel conversation with someone. Like emotional state. Like How do you feel? Like what does it feel inside as you get ready to share your faith with someone? I'm excited, but I, I'm excited. I have anticipation. I'm prayerful, but I think... I think I can't say that I'm not nervous still. Right. Like I. Th- what has led? Because there's a big dissonance between those two things. Like the adjectives you used before, and obviously, I mean, you were throwing a tantrum. You didn't mm-hmm. want to do it. Da-da-da-da. I made you do it. Da-da. Now, I can't hold you back from it. Mm-hmm. Like you were like, ah, let me at them. You know, like I want to share my faith. I want them to know Jesus. Like, yeah. What has what has bridged that chasm? Because I think a lot of people are the first version of you that we describe, and not the second. What bridged that chasm for you? I'm going to share my answer, but if there's something that you see that you... <laughs> no, dude, I really genuinely want to know you've been answer. an observer on my life. So what has bridged the chasm? Okay, so I think oh, so many things. I think prayer. I think I genuinely... I just genuinely didn't have a heart for it. I think because I didn't feel like I had the knowledge. I didn't have the wisdom. I didn't have the practice. I wasn't raised up in church-ish. I went to church-ish. Um, but... So I think there was a lot of fear and there wasn't passion. And I think 
I remember one night John and I were laying in bed and I, we, our pastor just got done talking about how this is something we need to do. And I remember just, he was sleeping, snor- sobbing, and I was like, John, I don't care about people far from God. And somebody with my story, I felt like I should be the most passionate because I just got rescued. It mm-hmm. was like, how could I be so heartless? And then him, like half asleep, was like, well, maybe we should start praying about it. <laughs> but I took it to heart, and you prayed with me half asleep, and I started praying that I would want to share my faith. And then this is, I don't know, I feel a little embarrassed sharing this, but then it somehow morphed into we purpose. Like, okay, if I'm going to be somebody who shares my faith, well, I, then I started praying, I want to be the greatest evangelist of my generation. Like that started being my prayer. Cause it's like, if I want to do it, I want to be the best. Like, and if this is what God calls us to do. And so I think prayer was the biggest catalyst to shifting, but also practice. I, I have had so many awkward conversations. I have totally done it wrong. I have pursued people who probably are like, that girl went a little too hard. Like, I think, but I've also done it right. And God has, but the thing is, he doesn't need, he doesn't need our perfection. He just needs a heart who is willing to do it. And I think over the years of sharing my faith and pursuing people for Christ, it has gotten easier. It is a muscle that has been built and he has been faithful to answer my prayers. Yeah. So basically to get from not wanting to do it to do it was really the primary modicum was prayer and practice, mm-hmm. you'd say? Mm-hmm. Yeah? Yes. Yeah. What did you do to equip yourself to be able to do it? I read a... I think I asked you first. Mm-hmm. I asked... Well, I asked the person I looked up to the most in their Christian walk how to share... How they share their faith. Um, then you went to seminary um, so that you could be a pastor and he was in an evangelism class and he read a really great book called How to Share Jesus Without Fear by William Fay. And he's like, you got to read this. Mm-hmm. So we read that book together and we talked about it and we actually did what it said. I think mm-hmm. we can read a lot of evangelism books and not put it to practice. Um, I also read another really great book called Walk Across the Room by Bill Hybels. And those books are extremely different. Um, how to share your faith without fear is very practical. And if you want, like, if you're somebody like me who's like, I wouldn't even have the slightest clue on how to do it. That was a great read. But then Bill Hybels, How to or Walk Across the Room was just how to be relational, how to yeah. just be friends with people who don't look like you, act like you, or talk like you, how to take opportunities to be resource providers. So I think learning about it and then actually living it out and taking advantage of the opportunities God, God gives us opportunities to share our faith every single day. Mm-hmm. Whether it's a smile, whether it's, you know, praying with somebody who tells you a need. And instead of being like, I will pray for you, actually praying for them in the moment. I mean, I could go on, but there are so many ways that we can plant seeds of faith and move someone one step closer in our everyday lives. Perfect example of what she just said, because I know a lot of us are like, well, that doesn't happen every day. The other day, there was a house on 1100 that's kind of by our house that burned down. And uh, I saw it with the kids in the car on the way to school. And I was like, oh, that happened, you know? And I, I called my dad. And I was like, dad, there's a house on fire. And I know he's, you know, interested in things and whatever. And so he rode his bike down there and he called me back. He's like, it's really sad, John. The, the family's just crying in the, in the front of the house and they were so sad. And I just, I don't know what to do. And I was like, I don't know either. And then I called Kristen and I was like, go, go, gadget, Kristen, faith share, you know? 
And so she drove yeah. out there and you did, you met the stranger, you prayed with her, you gave her money, you know, you, you connected her with church. And I just think it's like little acts of obedience like that. And you know, we, we haven't seen that woman again. Mm -hmm. um, but there's so many women and, and men in our lives that like, oh, five years ago you did this thing and now I'm, you know, engaged mm -hmm. with your church or I, I'm engaged with another church and that was a, and it's just like, you know, you do a thousand of those a year, you know, three or four a day. And, and then a year later, a hundred or 200 of them right. have turned into something great, you know, and that's just, that's the way you live, you know, mm -hmm. that's your, that's your deal. So what blessing have you seen? How is your life? Oh, actually two questions. Number one, what disciplines are absent from our life? Or what practices are absent from our life that make space to do this? Ooh, to share this is a big deal. Yeah, because most people say, well, I don't have time to do this. Da, da, da. What do we not do that you think a lot of people do? Okay. Yeah. I think I got this. Yeah. Add to it if I miss it, but we don't watch TV. Do we, we have a TV? We don't have a TV, but we don't, we don't watch TV. Not like no. we're going on our phone either. We don't watch TV. We don't watch movies. They're going to sound crazy to a lot of people. Um, we don't spend a lot of time on social media. We'll do it to literally the vision for me. And I think you going on social media is to check on people like, and to care for people, like, okay, how is everyone doing? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I feel like sometimes people post things on social media that are a cry for help. So we don't spend a ton of time on social media. We don't put our kids in sports because that is just so time consuming. And our, the vision and mission for our family's life is to, for us personally, is to reach people far from God so we can be filled with life in Christ. So our, our sport is investing in people. And that's what we create time for. Mm -hmm. um, what else do we, I don't know. Is there anything I'm missing? No, I think you hit the nail on the head. And I don't think that, like, if you want to share your faith, you don't have to, like, give all those things up. Absolutely it's just, not. We chose to do that. Now, what do we get in place of that? Like, oh, and, like, at night, instead of watching TV, like, we'll write cards to mm -hmm. people. And that's, like, really cool because we make friends. But anyway, what blessings do we get in place of that? Oh, relationships. Yeah. Like, I think we get friendships that we never would have had, relationships we never would have had. I think we have a, a closeness with God that yeah. we wouldn't have. I feel like, and again, like John said, we're not, we're not saying you have to get rid of all that. This is, this is something we have chosen to do um, because we feel called to do it. But I think getting rid of that stuff has left space for God's presence mm. and to hear his voice and to hear his promptings on how we can reach people and how we can love people of the greatest commands are love God and love others. I think, I think the time that I have wasted, um, with things that have no vision and have no meaning, um, I've missed out on relationships and yeah. And not only relationships with people, but my relationship with God and investing in that. And again, I think that God has created all things. And I, um, I think that you can, I think you can watch a movie and be drawn closer to people and drawn closer to God. I think that you can read a fiction book and you can, it can be something you would talk about with somebody to be culturally relevant. I think you have to be in the world and not of it. So again, we're not saying totally not know what's going on in the world. We definitely do. Um, but I think it has created a lot of space yeah. for us to live this out. You know, and I think like it, it really is fulfilling to love people and, I just feel really fulfilled yeah. by great relationships in large part because of the effort that you have, you know, led us to put in. And I mean, you're, you're the impetus behind a lot of that. But one of the things I will say too, is all the churches that I've been a part of up to this point, the pastor's wife, 
is a lot of times like a net zero for the church. Like either, you know, she is like, look at me, look at me, whatever, or like just not involved at all or embittered or whatever. And that's not all pastor's wives at all. Um, but I just, I don't think that a pastor's wife automatically is part of the heart of the church. Mm. And one thing people say is like, cause you'll show up in the lobbies and there's like a bunch of people who are excited to see you and talk to you. And that's not because she's a pastor's wife. Mm. That's because she loves people mm. all week, mm-hmm. you know? And I think that the blessing and people are like, oh, you know, it's so many people just love Crystal, you know, and they just do cause she smiles. It's not cause she smiles. It's because all week. You've been loving people and you pour into people, whatever, and they come and they're overflowing back into you, back into our life. And it's just such a blessing because what you sow is what you reap, Hmm. you know, relationally. And I think that's such a big deal. I think that's so, so important. I want people to know, like, what you get isn't because, oh, it's, well, it's because Kristen's Kristen. You know, I mean, it's because of the position she has. She's John's wife or it's because of whatever, you know, I mean, it's just because she has a big smile. Not at all. Like, it is because of decisions that you've made all week long, and we just see the manifestation of that physically in our gathering place on on Sunday, which is really exciting because if everybody did that, everybody would be like, yeah, to everybody, you know? And that is the kingdom of God is loving each other in that way. It's the way church is supposed to function. You got a question for me? Yes. So I feel like a gift that you have is being able to dialogue with people who are skeptics. Because I think John and I love sharing our faith, but a way that I like to tap into you is when people have some really hard questions or Mm -hmm. are really struggling with their doubts. How how do you how would you say we can share our faith with people who have a lot of questions? Are there any books people could read to um, help equip them to share faith with those types of people? So the most important thing, everybody has already written the next five lines of a conversation, typically, Mm -hmm. and especially a skeptic. And the first thing that I try to do is I try to do what Jesus did is when the Pharisees would come to him and they try to trap him. And that sounds bad and insidious, but it's literally just a part of human nature. They're creating a rhetorical trap for Jesus by asking him a question that's going to cause him to answer something that's going to put him in a not good light. And what Jesus always did was he would take control of the narrative mm-hmm. by asking a question in return, right? And the number one thing, you know, atheists are going to come to you or a skeptic's going to come to you or, you know, somebody who's woke and progressive is going to come to you and they're essentially going to say, Christianity doesn't make sense mm-hmm. or Christianity is, you know, racist or whatever, you know, nonsense that they're going to ask, right? And what I always remind myself is, I, I don't know everything, but I thought for a few, like I categorize, there's there's atheists that are not searching, that just want to hurt Christianity. There's genuine seekers, and then there's liberal woke people. And in general, like I have a few good answers that flip the script for each of those categories. Does that make sense? Um, and, and it's just been, it's been really helpful for me um, for, you know, atheists and seekers. Really, the big thing is, hey, Something doesn't come from nothing, and intelligent design doesn't come from no intelligence. And before we engage with anything regarding the supernatural of Christianity, I would genuinely like to hear what your answer is for that. Right. You know, and immediately they have to admit, I believe in the supernatural that something can come from nothing. And so my ultimate belief system is based on faith and, and really superstition because all the evidence we have would indicate that, that something did come from something. Mm-hmm. So 
that's like that's like you know just disarming and flipping the script and then for woke people america is racist like fundamentally you know christianity has absolutely eliminated and eradicated racism slavery all this stuff on a global scale such a radical level you know i mean my grandparents fought a war against each other their children got married i watched mm -hmm. my mom become a citizen to sit down and say this country is like systemically evil and all this stuff is just i mean truly like ridiculous and offensive but um yeah, like those are the conversations that you have where you just have a few good answers and then immediately they're like off balance and you can have the conversation. But again, don't let them dictate the script because their story was already written before they started asking questions. Mm -hmm. And so you don't want to let them write the story that they already wrote. You have to change it. Is that helpful? Yes, I think All that's right. super helpful. Well, I'm supposed to be ending this because I went too far. My answer went like minutes too long. Kristen, you killed it. Thank you for hosting the Strong Roots podcast. I think that this is a really great experience for us midweek. I know I'm grateful for it. I hope you are too. Kristen and David Sanders, our production and technical director, um, do such a great job and they put so much time into this. And so does Nina Kokot. So mm -hmm. anyway, um, on behalf of the whole church, thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you next week on Strong Week on Strong Roots. Peace out. If you enjoyed today's episode, make sure to follow us on our other social media platforms. We don't want you to miss out on any future content. Thank you so much again, guys. I hope you have a great day. And I want you to know I am personally praying that your roots stay strong.